Soldiers, no poor sap ever won a war by dying for his country. He won it by being all that he can be. Damn the torpedoes or give me death. Eternal vigilance is the price of duty. And to the victors go the spoils. So remember, you are the best of the best of the few and the proud. So ask not what your country can do for you. Only regret that you have but one life to live. I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. It was a defensive exercise. Yeah, best defense is a good offense. Or is it the other way around? Welcome to Prattle World. I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to another edition of Secret Defenders, where I task guests to defend their favorite movies that are underrated, infamous, or obscure. And I'd like to wish everyone a happy new year. And it is time to put your toys away. It's time to box them back up. Um, but there are some toys that don't want to stay in the box. And that's why I have brought the ever amazing attention seeking geek, Ben Crampton back to talk small soldiers. Welcome back, Ben. Thank you. That that would have been the worst trailer for that film ever. You uh, saying that, so I'm glad they went in a different direction. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a marketing man. You can you can tell by all the uh, all the all the all the views I get on my podcast. You can you can tell. <laughs> it, 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 it was great. I appreciated it. Thank you very much for having me back. It's uh, it's it's good to be back on the show. We've had some great weird chats in the past we have we have and i'm sure this will be very much the same <laughs> yes weird weird chats that's the new name of your podcast weird chats weird chats with weird shit um <laughs> and weird people and weird people i mean they're the best people for me but i i realized as well ben that i hadn't done one of these this this kind of version of the podcast kind of i believe kind of built the channel and kind of has the the idea of the underrated kind of cults you know exploitation all that sort of stuff um, yeah this is what it this is what it's all about and i, I felt I, I didn't realize that i'd done so many bloody top fives and other stuff i hadn't done one of these since i think um last september not this september just gone but the previous september as far as i'm aware a proper one anyway so so i really wanted to get back to that and i'm really glad i'm really glad it's you that i'm bringing it back with <laughs> well i have various options for this I, you know, I, I, I like to think that I've got a bit of a penchant for the underrated or, or the obscure film. Now, the irony, I think, with this film, Small Soldiers, is it, it was probably meant to be the absolute opposite. It was meant to be mainstream. You know, I very much think they intended for it to be a cultural phenomenon and, you know, selling toys for years and, and, and whatnot. But that didn't quite happen no i'm sure we'll 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 get into that but for for people that may not have never ever seen it, i i mean i saw this as a as a child about i was I think i was about 10 at the time when it came out roughly it was kind of the right age i think i was the right kind of age to see that 
the film. Um, and I got well into it. I got well into the, the the idea of the toys and everything. You know, I loved it at the time. You know, I was I was totally sold. You know, a slightly more you know twisted adult version of Toy Story. But then again, it's kind of I think to say that is kind of reductive to the film. It's kind of not fair to call it that. But yeah, um, why don't you tell people about about the plot uh, as 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 best you can? Okay, so brief summary then. So this film came out in 1998. Directed by Joe Dante, uh, none other than the Gremlins uh, and Gremlins 2 uh, director. uh, DreamWorks Universal film. And it is essentially the story of a a toy company where one of the idiots who works for the toy company puts in a very kind of powerful uh, chip into the toy because the, the toy company is basically owned by a weapons manufacturer called Globotech. So he puts in this chip, which is the X-1000, into into his new toys in the hope that it would advance them. This chip, I didn't really, I don't, I still don't really understand what the chip does, but it it advances things, basically. I don't know. And uh, lo and behold, you know, this this chip makes these toys uh, sentient uh, to an extent, and, and they kind of, you know, gain a, a consciousness and, and and like a robot, they they uh, and you know, as a result, they wreak havoc in a suburban you know neighborhood, uh, and uh, hilarity and action ensues. That is my summary of Small Soldiers. Yeah, I think that's a pretty it's a pretty solid kind of basic sum up of the plot. We need to know, like again, like you said, this film didn't do that well. It wasn't that well reviewed. Um, didn't make as much money, but it does have a kind of cult following with, I know you're very into your toys and stuff and your collectibles. And there is a lot of kind of, uh, as a fan group out there that kind of make their own small soldiers because they've never really been like the ones in the film. So they kind of construct it and, and make them and 3D print them and stuff and share all that. And it's kind of almost underground or sub, small soldiers subculture, if you will. So when you saw it as a kid, how, how did you... How did you get into it? Did you like it as a kid? Or Yeah, uh, so I would have been... Um, I would have been nine uh, when this came out. And again, same as you, you know, that's that's probably the age where I loved, you know, monsters and kind of, you know, hideous things and and big, silly looking toys. And, you know, this film offered that in in abundance with the uh, Gorgonites. So I was always probably more drawn to the Gorgonites. As a kid, you know, I would always choose the monster toy over the action man. Um, So, of course, you have the Commando Elite, who are probably more your kind of G.I. Joe action man toys whereas i was always into you know the he-man villains and monsters um and and you know with power rangers it was probably always the the monster that i liked um so i was drawn the gorgonites were what really really drew me in and i just loved this film i think i was i think it just perfectly you know tapped into a a nine-year-old boy's kind of you know the film i think is is such a cardboard cutout family movie like I don't think you can criticize it a- any more than you could any other kind of well-known family movie you know because it it literally has the same structure as 20 30 40 other uh, successful films you know it's that it's that nerdy boy 
um, you know, lusting over the, uh, the the pretty neighbor who, of course, only dates older boys. Um, and- I mean, that, that was standard back in my day. You know, whenever I wanted to talk to girls, they were like, no, I'm going out. You know, I'm only I'm only 10, but I'm going out with someone in high school. I'm like, I mean, it's weird. It's it's weird. <laughs> But that's what that's what happened. Oh, yeah. And like, so I always would, you know, was drawn to those types of characters in films. And so so I think I, I very much rooted for the hero of the story. Um, and uh, yeah, in terms of the kind of the, the toys, uh, they just completely captured my imagination. You know, I don't think there's any kid that doesn't play with a toy and imagine that it is real. You know, when you are playing when you are completely immersifying yourself in in play you're bringing these things to life in your head so this was a film that that did that for you and and I just kind of yeah I just think it tapped into to that perfectly really for me and I think as I've got older the the film has always resonated with me on a nostalgic level but beyond that as I've got even older I kind of, it's gone beyond nostalgia now where I actually think, no, do you know what? This is a great film um, and should be celebrated as much as, you know, your your Gremlins or your Jumanji or, or whatever it may be. So, um, yeah, I think my relationship with the film has definitely evolved. But as a kid, it was just, it was plain and simple, you know, it was explosions. It was, um, you know, funny monsters because whilst the jokes maybe don't land as, much now um you know when i was a kid the i forget what his name is slampist i think him you know saying sanctuary um (laughs) yeah you know that was killer that was a killer joke for me and and the insaniac one that that, uh is kind of the got you know the gobby uh one um he his little lines you know made me laugh and i was completely endeared to archer the leader of the gorg knights and um you know, I think the Commando Elite just served as the the perfect bad guys because I was kind of always, and we're getting deep now, Dan. Go on, go for it. Go we're for getting it. small soldiers deep. Let's delve. I think as as a kid, you know, I was the outcast. I was the, and and we've spoke about this before in in terms of um, underrated X Men and and mm. you know why we both love mutants and stuff. But it it was the the well built, you know. Uh, good at sport good at you know whatever um guys at school that i i just didn't have a connection with or or might have even been bullied by you know so in this film then kind of painting the the soldier boys the jarheads you know the uh big muscly kind of guys as the bad guys and and the kind of freaks and stuff as the heroes that is what really kind of draws me in and and yeah i think there is a link to you know your x-men and and such with that as well um so yeah that's maybe not something i've ever spoke about with my psychiatrist small soldiers but um maybe (laughs) i should do that more you're like i really relate to the gorgonites and like let's let's delve into that yeah just let's unpack that you know <laughs> actually can we talk about your mom or your dad no 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 let's not let's let's talk about more of the gorgonite thing why are you let's be honest this is therapy isn't it i'm just um, <laughs> yeah definitely yeah, it's just but, called a podcast no it's just getting our feelings and emotions out is here's a question again 
probably going a bit okay. deep. Did your yeah. did your your parents ever when you got to a certain age, say I don't know, 15, 16, 17, 21, did they ever ask you to put away your playthings, to put away your toys? I don't think they ever did, you know. Um I, I grew up with a, a single mom who, you know, boyfriends, husbands came and went. And I just saw my dad at the weekend and that. So I think maybe if I lived with my dad, he might have. But then my dad is a bit of a collector anyway. Like he um, collects like his mermaids uh, and he's, okay. a, he's a drag racer. So I don't like cars, but, um, you know, he, he collects like, uh, you know, models of cars and things. So I think he kind of gets it um, and would never have told me to kind of put that away. And my mum just was... You know, ha- you know, she just kind of encouraged that creativity, I guess. And um, yeah, so there was never really that stage. However, um, I still to this day am adamant my mum sold my Millennium Vulcan because it just kind of disappeared at some point, And I don't know how or why. Um, so I'm not pointing fingers, but no. um, I'm just saying. still still there's yeah, there's su- suspicion there. Um, I, I got I got told by my dad, basically, he said, I think. I think it was around kind of 2002, so I'm guessing I was right. kind of like 15. Years. You're pretending like you don't know, yeah. but really you're like it was March 20th. Yes, it was, it was Monday, March, March 2020. <laughs> 2020. Um, no, because I remember I bought the Spider-Man figures from the movie, um, mm-hmm. and I think it was a little after. It might have been a little after that, so maybe a year or so after that. But um, I remember him saying, you'll never get any girls if you play with toys. You'll never, you'll never, oh. be, with, you'll never oh. be, you'll never be with anyone. Um, you know, they, they'll just think you're a child. You need to grow up. Um, and and I was like, okay, Dad, I listened, and I, you know, I gave them all away. You know, you must be right. You know, I've got to, got to have that normal, you know, <laughs> standard kind of Rockwellian four point five point one kids or whatever it is. Um, so I gave, I gave them all away, and and lo and behold. I still can't get a girlfriend. So so that that worked out, didn't it, Dad? Cheers. <laughs> he was wrong. Either way. He was, he was wrong, wrong, yes. Um so yeah, and now and now I don't think he's that bothered, but at the time I was quite kind of I was a little devastated. But you know, you you listen to your parents and get on. Anyway, we've we've delved into our childhood far too much. So this is this is very Joe Dante, this film. Like it's got all of the kind of Joe Dante isms, you know, you've got that kind of suburban small town hamlet kind of thing that looks like it could be yeah. set in the fifties. Um, you've got li- little creatures attacking people in kitchens, you know, you've got you've got uh, Robert Picardo, you know, he's in it. <laughs> he's in pretty much every Joe Dante movie, is the guy with who knows all the all the stuff about the chips. Um, right, yeah, yeah. And there's even like there's even references to gremlins and piranha in it. Like there's like a statue of a piranha and there's a, a gremlin skull on the desk and and you can see Gizmo in the trash or uh, Yeah, I was gonna say Gizmo in the trash. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's very Joe Dante. I think he does satire quite well, you know. Yes. Um and the opening of this film has a kind of Globotech infomercial. And um, I just think it's brilliant satire. Like it's, it, you know, it's a weapons manufacturer taking over a toy company. Like it's, you know, that just as a concept is is funny, isn't it? And um, it really kind of hams that up. And uh, I, I think he always does that well. Uh, and and he always kind of plays on those. They're small scale adventures or events, really. You know, these would be global 
like you know uh, world uh, news world news you know these these creatures uh or, or you know toys that come to life you know this is i mean it's, it's scary implications because you've you've effectively created life you know what i mean you it is they are alive they are you know they have intelligence they can learn can make decisions they can you know you know they even comment on how you know that that is life um what they've created artificial life but it is still you know arguably life they evolve they change they learn you know and that that has you know they don't really go into that too much within the film i think there's a lot of ideas in the film that are kind of half baked like the like the satire like the satire at the beginning is really strong but then sometimes i think it loses it somewhere oh it, it drops off massively i think yeah yeah that that you look at um uh, what's the starship troopers now that is a film that committed to the satire side of it and you almost wish that was the case with this you know is that it committed uh for longer to that um or, or at least kind of had intervals of it the, I mean, the opening is very RoboCop for me, with the infomercial, with the the construction of the toy. Even the even the Jerry Goldsmith scores kind of has kind of little RoboCop leanings, or even like a little bit like like almost it's like it's making fun of RoboCop and and Terminator as well. I get a little bit of a vibe of that at the beginning. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot of kind of films it kind of riffs on as well, like um frankenstein is like rift almost all the way through you know with uh, the character of freakenstein and uh and then all the gwendy dolls which is probably my favorite scene in the film and it's the score from bride of frankenstein that is playing in the background as ah. the gwendy dolls are made very and then obviously uh I, is it Kit Callaghan or whatever he uh, he he comes out with it's alive it's alive I mean I you know I'm a massive Frankenstein fan so maybe again that was something else that uh, you know drew drew me into it um, subconsciously maybe I'm not sure you're saying about the opening there they 3D print these toys right I'm pretty sure in 1998 like 3D printing wasn't a thing like to that you know to do that no uh, so there we go <laughs> this film is ahead of its time well yeah I, I think it is quite prescient because now we have all these like uh bluetooth toys everything's connected they'll you know you've got alexa is effectively you could argue alexa is a toy you know it's an well, information yeah. machine but it's it does the same things it will talk back to you or communicate or give you answers you know it learns from you it learns when you want alarms set it learns your tastes in music blah 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 you know it, it was kind of was ahead of its time you know even you've got like remote controlled you know baby yodas and bb8s and things like that you know that all kind of almost comes from that and then even look at so so look at the child's play movie the most recent child's play movie the remake i mean that that goes whole hog with this kind of idea like i almost wish that small soldiers went as far as as that does with the kind of ai and the kind of learning and the kind of learning it in the wrong way and then going you know, all out with the violence as well. Um, obviously, well, I literally have written here basically buddy plot because yeah, rewatching it, uh, you know, um, over the last couple of weeks, I was just like, this is buddy. This mm-hmm. is the buddy film. You're right. I think it, and I, I, it's one of the key criticisms I think for this film that people have is that it doesn't commit. It, it's torn between wanting to be a kids film that is one big advert for a new tour line. And a teenager's film that is a satire 
uh, ripping on the fact that some films were made just to be toy adverts. Hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I think if you'd increase the violence, because the weird thing is they kind of, Commando Elite are like using chainsaws and nail guns and, you know, flaming tennis they are, balls. They're stabbing people. They're literally stabbing children in this film, like got razor blades and stuff. Um, obviously, they get it. They get it so much worse. But um, but yeah. But you never actually think that they're trying to kill them. Like I never that never comes across that. I'm, I, I never actually felt like they were properly in jeopardy. Even as a kid, I was kind of like, like, yeah, they're OK. Just give him a good kick, and then they'll go flying. I think I, I think the lad gets cut once. I think um, is it Nick Nitro, uh, the one with the mohawk. He 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 cuts his hand and actually draws blood before he puts him into the uh, you know trash compactor or whatever in the yeah. uh, sink. We don't have those in the UK, right? We don't. I, th- I think probably probably a good thing, I, I guess, because I imagine there'd be a lot of accidents and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess it would be good for drains. Like if you if you put like foods going down the drain and stuff. I guess it's the ultimate American thing to do, isn't it? Like I can't be bothered to scoop the uh, food out of the sink, so I'm going to put a shredder <laughs> in my sink. <laughs> destroy destroy <laughs> there will be no mercy for your food waste um yeah um what did you think to to uh is it is it, is it alan i want to say alan the main yeah Al- yeah alan now shut up yeah um, alan now shut up yeah <laughs> the which again that joke landed so hard when i was nine now, but yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a cliche now that, you know, if, if someone says, what's your name? And they're like a robot or a monster or someone that doesn't really understand and they'll be like, oh, that is also your surname, you know. Now it would be more aggressive. It would be like, Alan, uh, now shut the f- up. Um, <laughs> I think kids would find it funny. Now, um, well, yeah, tell me what you thought of, of the lead character because I'm going to tell you. I my, mean, he's a theory. flannel, isn't he? He, he is a wet flannel. Um, I think there's a reason that some child actors never kind of evolved into adult actors. And, and he may be the perfect example of that. Um, because I, th- I, I very much think that Kirsten Dunst kind of holds the film uh, to, to some extent, you know, with their scenes and stuff. I think the adults do an amazing job, I think, um, with them kind of uh, coming in, the parents. I think there's a lot of uh, comedy there and stuff um, that that is had, but yeah, I, I he again, it's that it's that I'm trying to think of another film, Hocus Pocus. It's like the same sort of kid. It's like the kind of a little bit grungy, moody nerd who you know um, got expelled from his last school and they've moved. And I supported him as a kid, but I don't think he was the one that I was relating to. Yeah, I, I agree. I like personally. I I thought he was a bit bland, and he was he's talking about like being this bad boy and being kicked out of kicked out of schools. And he's like, yeah, I did a bit of graffiti and set off set off a, a fire alarm. That was like very minor in my school. You would not get expelled for that. That's that would yeah. like that like happened every who every day. Did you stab? Uh, <laughs> that's what I would be asking. Pretty much, yeah. Who, who, who did you? Who did you? You know, whose face did you kick in? Oh, oh, she's re- he's related to a teacher. Yeah, you're expelled. You know, it's it. And and to be honest, he never comes. You know, no fault of Don, no fault of Dante's. To be fair, the what happened to the film halfway through 
they he was trying to make kind of an edgy kind of you know almost like a gremlins again type film like you know sort of violent for the teenagers blah 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 blah. but they came back and said actually we're going to promote these as actual toys we're going to market this as a kid's film can you kind of soften it a little bit and he's like well i probably i filmed like almost half of it and we don't have the budget to refilm on any of this stuff so I'll, i'll try so so that's why it kind of feels a little uneven i think for me you can the final half i think you can tell is definitely like pure dante like the, that's the original vision like you know the nail guns and all that other stuff but i think it's the opening bit where it's like you've got the really wet love story you know he's got the he's got the 90s curtains and it's just like oh yeah and i'm just like it's just like i just don't i didn't i didn't it's very bland but i guess in a way that makes also makes them somewhat relatable because they're just a, a blanket you know the blank slate tabula rasa type thing where you know oh that's me i can be that person because he you know likes toys and he's like that also if what my dad said was true if Kirsten Dunst came in and saw me you know playing with toys she would have walked straight back out <laughs> um she would have true yeah um, no she, she's she's great I think her character is a bit more rounded but then there's some moments where I'm like that's a bit of a jump for, for you in logic I think but well she at one point she just starts helping him in the shot or no it's the bit where like they just he just takes her out back like to the stock room without any kind of comment on that and i'm like that's weird yeah <laughs> that's you're a, you're a kid running a shop and you've taken a girl into the back room yeah that yeah. that that unsettled me slightly but yeah no he is he's yeah and you can see i, I mean even the beginning of that film you know that you've got the kind of satirical yeah. opening the the toy pitch meeting and stuff all that is great and then yeah, it's that kind of whimsical um, small town, you know, uh, intro with the leaves, uh, you know, slowly blowing in the wind. You know, for me, I, th- I think you should have kind of given it more of a sinister, you know, and, 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 and there's not a lot of build up, really, for those toys coming alive. You know, I think you, you almost want to treat it as a horror. It still can be for a kid, you know, God there's so many films like that that are still for kids but you are treated with the same kind of structure as a horror film you know you have uh archer could blink you know and 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 that's it you know until the next scene and then you know they move or whatever and and it just feels very kind of quick and yeah i i do agree with you it does feel a bit disjointed in that sense yeah and again i don't think it's necessarily joe dante's fault i think you know, it, it was quite it was quite interesting because it got rated as a PG thirteen or what we'd call a a twelve A over in England, and because of this, there was a promotional um, promotional kind of situation with uh, Burger King's kind of kid meals. So they were yeah. selling, they were selling toys and stuff, and it was very much a similar like McDonald's and Batman Returns situation where the film was a bit too dark and violent. So so a lot of the stores refused to actually even sell the toys because it was a in a promotion with the Rodeo Burger at the time, which I can't ever remember eating. So it sounds sounds quite delicious. So maybe they'll. Do you remember back. the old Burger King chips though? Oh, they're still good, man. They're still good. They are still better, but they're not like I. They had some kind of powder on them or something before yeah. they were like flavored. It was yeah, R.I.P. Uh, yeah. Old 
Burger King fries. Rest, rest um, in peace. Rest in peace. I mean, they're they're only awful for us, but maybe now they're a little less awful. Who knows? If this film got redone, would you rather it completely go into a kind of dark, you know, version, or would you rather it be retold and and you know really commit to it being more of a family silly thing? I th- I think as an as an older uh, uh, I think there's a big f- there's a big fan following like we've discussed um, online community and stuff for the film so I think it would do better if it was a remake for an adult audience so I think if they did go the child's play remake route and just push push the envelope um, you know obviously you could tell it in a different way you could frame it a different way I'm not sure how you'd do it um, but I think I I personally prefer that but again if they if they did want to market market it to kids, I think that would be more difficult now because now we've got iPads and things that kids are more into. Um, I think it would be harder to do that. But then again, you know, Child's Play came out the other year, so maybe it's about the same. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think personally, as a as a fan, as a kid who grew up with it, I think I would like to see you know a dark retelling. You know, we've had you know R rated superhero movies, so you know. Uh, why not transfer that into um, the small soldiers family? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you look at the Marvel films, and some of it is dark, you know, and, mm, yeah. and the themes and everything, and the way they're shot and everything. So, um, I definitely think it could still be done with the same balance. Um, and if anything, I think these days, I don't know, it's hard, isn't it? I think maybe we as kids didn't realize uh, how kind of I don't know. Uh, adult some of the things we were watching were were. yeah yeah yeah. Uh, uh, and whereas these days I think they play on that more and kids do know but you know it's not uh, the lines are blurred I think more in terms of what kids can watch or be exposed to these days there yeah I think it's I think it's tricky with the the advent of like YouTube and and monitoring what kind of kids watch and what they don't watch um I do think I do think family films are a little softer than when we were kids, like 70s, eight, you know, 80s, 90s kind of kids' films were very, a very different animal and often like really quite dark. But I, I like a good dark kids' film. Like I, I, I appreciate that because, you know, the kids, I think I, I always went for, for stuff that wasn't like talking down to me, that, that had a bit of an edge to it. Um, yeah. But again, I think like if, if this was an edgy teen, fire alarms and you know graffiti and he's like oh well you know he's still very nice though he's very nicey nicey he's like i'll do this for your dad and he's just like oh i'm not going to screw up again Ooh. yeah i'm like I, I said that to my parents a million times but it, but like if if he maybe set off the fire alarm and that had severely injured someone or you know or if he you know was involved in a gang or something like that if you were really going to make yeah, him yeah. an edgy team then then make him an edgy team. Don't just or have him nick, have him steal the toys. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. have him steal the toys, and then the toys come to life. Do you know? It's as simple yeah. as that. And yeah, it's almost like you've done a bad thing, and now you're being punished because the toys are there. Uh, you know what? Maybe that's the remake idea. Maybe he steals. You know, the edgy team steals them and he's like i've got them all haha i've got them i'll sell them on or you know make them christmas gifts and then they come to life and try and kill him who knows who knows you know it's, it's the a moral bit... of the story kids is don't steal so soldier toys steal anything or you'll get killed 
<laughs> that was what I was always taught, and I never stole a penny sweet. So there you go. There you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> it's got to be said, Dan. Yes. Stan Winston's work in this film is phenomenal. Like, it's such a shame that I think as a final kind of result there's probably only about a third of of the effects that are practical um and then i think they they filled a lot of the gaps with cgi just because it's easier but uh, apparently stan winston built a lot of things that could do a lot of the stuff that they ended up doing in cgi so you know they uh, in the end i think it's only really those kind of close-up shots where um you know they they use the uh, the puppets I just think that, and I think for me as a kid, you're obviously not cynical in terms of like, oh, that's obviously CGI and yeah. stuff. But even then, it's the practical effects that capture my imagination more than, than you know, the, the, those physical. And it's still the same now. I'm 31 years old. I'm watching The Mandalorian. And it's the puppets that capture my imagination or the costumes that capture my imagination more than, you know, a big effect scene. Um and yeah, his work's really good. Isn't it? Really good. I, w- I will say this in in the defence of the the CG. It was done by ILM, like early early days ILM, you know, industrial light and magic. So so they, if you were going to get anyone to do CGI at that time, they those are the guys. And even to this day, they're still the guys. You know, even probably on Mandalorian, it's probably more than like the ILM. And you know, they are. It's not big... terrible the CGI. Like no, it's, no, it's, it's... not. It's, it, I, I do 1998, we're talking, you know. It, it, it does hold up better than I thought it would, um, but I agree with you. I think the practical effects are much better. Like the scene where, like, Archer's being licked by the cat, you know, obviously they put they put somebody on Archer for the cat to lick him, but but that's that's a nice moment, and, and you can feel oh, that, yeah. and it's a sweet moment, and you can see the expression on Archer's face that he's enjoying the, the licking from the yeah. cat. Um the, the good he's giving he's getting a good licking. Um, <laughs> uh, oh god! Oh dear! Yeah, um, but he, but no, uh, yeah, yeah, and and yeah, it, it, it's a shame that we couldn't have had more. But then, you know, I think the cost of practical effects as well, you know, and um, but it's just great. Like I love the one of the key moments. I think is when they burst out of the garage. Um, and maybe the key moment of the film for me is when uh, the Commando Elite burst out the garage uh, with um, uh, who is it? Edwin? Uh, what's his name? It was uh, War. War. Anyway, yeah. <gasps> and and they they're sat on these you know uh, vehicles that they've kind of comprised together with chainsaws and other weapons and stuff. And they're obviously just the kind of puppets on the top. And it just it looks so kind of rubbish but they are they're just toys that have come to life do you know what i mean they don't need to look good do you know what i mean like a toy only has so many points of articulation so it you know it looks good when you kind of see them jolting around you know and yeah and i i just um and i think on the commando elite especially you know some of those characters uh oh what's his name link static ah yes a great name his face is so creepy when they use the the puppetry and he's almost got like a joker-like face yeah and because all of those guys were apparently molded slightly on the the people they were voiced by Mm. um so and the best group of names like it's it's like a it's like a porn movie like nick nitro 
Butch, Meat Hook, Link Static, Brick Bazooka, and Kip Killigan. Yeah, just superb. To be fair, those designs look like they could be in a porn film or you would see someone who looked like yeah. them in a porn Well, actually, the Gorgonites are pretty uh, erotic as well. Slam Fist. Ooh, um, And Punch It and Scratch It. It just sounds <laughs> like a great porn. I mean, I, I, I was always a fan of, of the design of Insaniac. He was, you know, yeah. um, and, you know, spinning around. He's like a kind of a... He's almost like Robin Williams meets the Tasmanian Devil. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's reeling off all these like one-liners and like a comedy kind of way, uh, like a like a stand-up way, while while also yeah. like spinning around and being like, ah, you know. Um, but I also, I also it's the best way to cover up a bad joke <laughs> is just to like spin your way out of the situation, just like, hey, no, no, who's there? Nobody. I'm lonely. <laughs> and then like spin around. Oh yeah. god. Like it's it's I will I will say this it's got one of the best casts I've seen on a film as well. Um, so so the idea initially for the for the Commando Elite they actually wanted the cast of Predator to 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 rep- reprise their roles, which I thought would have been amazing, but didn't come off. So they decided instead to do the Dirty Dozen, which is another great film, like war film. Um, so they got pretty much got the whole cast. There was one I think was supposed to be in it, but he died. And then um, Bruce Dern from the from the Burbs, another John uh, Joe Dante film. He took that role. Um, so you've got like Ernest Borg, Nine, George Kennedy, um, Jim Brown. So they all kind of reprise their roles in a way while playing these these soldiers. And like we said, obviously, kind of based on that GI Joe mold. Where, but also like it's almost like a jingoistic type thing where it's like, yeah, rah rah, military. Um, there's a brilliant speech that Chip Hazard gives in a very um, kind of George Patton style. He's got this. There's a big American flag met on the in the toy store made out. Yeah, the jigsaw. Yeah, jigsaw, which I think is genius. And it's almost it's basically he's just picking phrases out of like famous military films and speeches. So they'd be like, damn the torpedoes, and you know, don't ask what your country can do for you. You know, he's just it's really like a hodgepodge of kind of almost like the film a little bit, a bit of a hodgepodge patchwork um, kind of thing going on <laughs> well i like for it, it wasn't till very recently that i clocked that you know chip hazard is tommy lee jones like as yeah. a kid i never i never put that together that you know um k was uh you know chip hazard yeah. if i did that would have blown my mind i'm sure but um yeah i mean now obviously when you when you watch the film as an adult and you you know you're so familiar with tommy lee jones you close your eyes and it's just fantastic and i think he's clearly having a lot of fun with it as well because it's i think it's quite well known isn't it that he doesn't have a lot of fun sometimes making films um there's that there's that picture of him at an award ceremony and i don't think i've ever seen a more miserable man in my life <laughs> it's like the oscars or emmys or something like that and he's just like, I, I i genuinely would pay to be a fly on the wall for some of the um fallouts that there were behind the scenes on Batman just with him Ooh. arguing with Jim Carrey in that oh, ridiculous yeah. makeup like trying to be serious with half a pink face yeah. uh, he, he said I think I remember him, Jim Carrey said that he he came up to him one day and he said I cannot sanction your buffoonery <laughs> but uh, but then but then goes off and gives that performance of Two-Face it, well, exactly oh yes and and Chip Hazard for that matter, yeah. Um, yeah. To be to be fair, also, you, go on. Well, I, I'm just getting excited while we're speaking about cast because another thing I never realised 
is Gwendy right? The Gwendy dolls only have two voices, right? Gwendy doll one, Gwendy doll two. You know that? Do you know this? I do, but go on. Christina Ricci and Sarah Michelle Gellar, like two of my pinups, you know, throughout my whole life. You know, these are, you know, I, I mean, it's Wednesday and it's Buffy. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, I, I don't need to elaborate any more than that. Um, and I just never, I just never realised that. And it's, and and watching it again, I think you can you can definitely recognise Sarah Michelle Gellar. But I think Christina Ritchie's a little bit hard. She's really gone for it on that record, yeah. on, you know, in that recording session. Because I I still even now struggle to kind of pick out what when which one, which one is her. Yeah, yeah, I, I do yeah. as well. But I love that because the obviously during the film the the commandos lose Nitro, they take his chip and kind of have that, like we said, the Bride of Frankenstein type experiment. Um, and, and I'll be honest, it's so disturbing. Like even their, all their faces are like distorted and melted and they're all kind of naked and, you know, blades coming out their arms and stuff. Burnt but all tits. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. And then they're, but they're speaking in these like really cliche, like Valley Girl. Um, kind of like, oh my god, my hair, you know, or, or let's go to the mall, you know, and that, yeah. that sort of kind of valley girl type talk, um, which kind of makes it even more disturbing. But but also, it's kind of like a like a, a dig at Barbie, I think, because that is the the up until recently, like Barbie's become a lot more kind of inclusive with body types and um, different kind of racial versions of Barbie, you know, black, mm. Hispanic Barbie, you know, you name it. Um, I think there's even transgender Barbies now, which is great stuff. But um, but yeah, back in the day, that was the the image of Barbie. And, and again, it's like kind of a send-up of G.I. Joe with the Commando Elite as well. Um, but yeah, the Gwendys are my my favourite bit because they're just so bizarre. And and all the different, like, iterations is like an astronaut Gwendy and a, like a, a cat suit Gwendy. Um, but yeah, and and the whole the whole sequence is is something out of of you know something out of like Sid from Toy Story's Nightmares, I imagine. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. very very kind of a similar like the the you know Frankenstein monster toys come after you know the 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 humans. So there is a lot of similar, and there's even that dog chase bit as well. It kind of reminds me of Toy Story as well. I think there will always be comparisons and parallels, but. Um, and another thing as well is, I do think the music's used very well. The, the music they do use throughout the film, they even got the rights to a Led Zeppelin song, which baffles me because they're really hard to to let anyone use their music. They will like almost never give out their rights, no matter what they ask and, and or do. You know, even Jack even Jack Black had to make a special video saying, "Please give us your music for for the School of Rock, or it just won't work." And, and then they relented. But but why this film or why that scene just baffles me? I have no idea. Because there's a line, isn't there, where Kirsten Dunst's character says, oh, I'm a massive Led Zeppelin fan. And he's like, oh, my God. Man. Um, maybe that was it. Maybe that's all it took. Okay. Uh, that's her character, definitely. Yeah. But, but uh, one thing that did annoy me, I mentioned this to you when, when I messaged you and I was while I was watching it, is um, so so she gets freed by, by Alan and Archer because she's tied up and there's kind of like an ISIS torture video that they sent to to uh, Alan and Archer. Yeah, it's very Joker, isn't it? Like, uh... Yeah, a little, little, little disturbing. And um, But they managed to, a bit of subterfuge, uh, but they do manage to free... free uh, free her 
uh, and then they just start kicking the shit out of the Gwendys, like just absolutely. She's got like a, one of those batons, um, so she's smacking. And then she goes, oh, I always hated these things. And I'm like, why collect them then? Why have this massive collection of these dolls? Why are you spending all your money and all your parents' money on getting these frigging dolls when you don't like them? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> She's she's chatting shit. She she was just trying to show off. I think um, that's why she didn't let the older guy come in to um, uh, uh, touch her because um, you know she didn't want him to see her doll collection. That's <laughs> the the reason I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it, it, I I definitely think it's one of the highlights of the film. And and again, I think it's that the the best bits of this film are the things that are satirical. And I think that is obviously a big uh you know piss take of barbie and the kind of culture around barbie mm. and yeah toy story 2 i think it is where um they come across the barbies in the aisle now what year was toy story 2 i, I couldn't tell you i'll be honest not, not off the top of my head um... not off the top of my head but i'm just trying to think who did it first because it's very similar in the the way mm. that they're almost pointing fun at how a Barbie would be if they came to life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Personality they not have. <laughs> yeah, which is just not, no one is like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, and no woman is like that. And and I think that's the scary thing about Barbie back in the day is that they, that's what the, the, these toy companies, you know, were, yeah. were painting women as, which is, yeah. is awful. Um, kind I love very, the bit Very much she, the kind of the male gaze or the idealized form. Oh yeah. Didn't they say something like if you if someone had if a woman had the measurements of Barbie, she would just t- topple over. Something like that. <laughs> um, I think that's the case for uh yeah, a lot of comic book characters as well. But um yeah, topple forward a lot of them, I think. But um I love the bit where she whacks one of them and, and <laughs> I think it says something like, Does this mean we're finished now or something? Um <laughs> I, I yeah, it it's it's brilliant. It is brilliant. And um, yeah, also horrific. And again, I think that's another moment that if you wanted to take down a darker route, yeah. you really could. I mean, they, they they went pretty dark with it already, I think. Um, and again, Stan Winston's work in terms of the transformation where that's all practical, that scene, you know, when they're kind of being raised up. And uh, I don't even know what they're being put into, but they put into like a shaker at one point and yeah it's almost like it's almost like a baking tray for like muffins (laughs) yeah and and then it's kind of like just shocks them with the chip and it's like and then i just think and it makes no sense like scientifically makes no sense this film um but it's you know as a kid this was this was the stuff i lapped up and i think just watching it back over and and you know the the nostalgia it's almost like the more you learn about this film, the more it means to me. Yeah. Like the Sarah Michelle Gellar and the Christina Ritchie thing. Like I didn't know that before. Now I know that it's like, it means even more to me now. Um, and, and yeah, like, I mean, David Cross as well. David oh yeah. Cross, oh like, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned delivers, it. Delivers uh, <laughs> every time. And he is great. He, it's almost like I would have almost have preferred him to be the only uh, representative from that toy company and him to have been the one who put the chip in. Hmm. I didn't really, I'm not that drawn to the other guy. Um, I, I think it's Jay, Jay Moore or Moore, 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 something like that. 
I'm just yeah. not really drawn to him or like what his like what what his kind of angle is really. Yeah, it's it's kind of a little too. I think he's a little too close to Dennis Leary's character, who I re- I really liked. Um, Mars. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I I've just anything like the pure the pure satire elements for me, like the unfiltered satire elements, are you know the Dennis Leary's character. Like it's just like business, business, big business, marketing. How can we sell this? What money can we make? Um, don't call it. I love. I love the line where he says, "Don't call it violence. Call it action," because that that happens quite a lot. I think in the in the marketing of violent, you know, toys and and again, this peaceful kind of like learning toy that could teach kids, um, you know, is turned into just a villain for these kind of macho, aggressive, kind of violent, jingoistic rah rah america war is good kind of and it almost it critiques kind of the you know the ideas behind war and stuff but then i think it's still relevant now isn't it let's be honest like yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean it would it, with that in mind I'm, I'm just kind of spitballing in my head now how you could very much make this relevant with some tweaks you know yeah. to to today um i mean it's a, could, it's a satire on it's a satire on like big businesses and corporations taking over and 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 again like alan's dad you know i can't remember the actor's name but he's in absolutely everything he's the it, it did remind me of transformers a bit because they've got the like embarrassing parents and he's one of the embarrassing well, i'm pretty sure he's the same character um in this film than he is in transformers like i think yeah shia labeouf just came was the the brother that's not in this film and uh he's the the guy's just constantly tortured by hasbro properties (laughs) um actually um speaking of stan winston they actually stan winston studios actually visited hasbro to get an idea on how they make the toys, what's involved, the process. So when they were making their puppets, they could kind of go in line with with the ideas behind, you know, making action figures as well to, to get the idea, which I thought was a, a cool bit of kind of research because where else would you go but Hasbro um, to look at these kind of things? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think there's a lot of ideas floating around, like I said, but they are all of them are, are not, you know, I, I just felt like you needed to kind of follow through on these ideas. Like pick pick one. Are you critiquing um, the toy business? Are you create, critiquing war? Are you cre- critiquing war toys? Um, you know, is this, you know, the so many kind of ideas – um, you know, consumerism, you know, marketing. There's there's so much stuff that, that just one of those would have been really good to kind of home in on. But mm. I don't think they ever really kind of go, this is what the film's about. This is this is what you should think. This is how you should think. And I, I guess, you know, in some ways, like war is quite a, a complex issue to talk about and to discuss. So I think yeah. within a kid's film, it would be hard to make that kind of assessment. But, you know, is You've it... you hit the nail on the head there as well, within a kid's film. I think that's why none of those themes could be fully committed to, because ultimately it is a kid's film. Even if it was a teenager's film, none of those themes could fully be committed to. Um, and I think in the 90s, it would have been very odd to have had an adult film with toys that come to life. Whereas now we're, we're a little bit more used to such kind of abstract ideas. Um, but I think, although, you know, child's play was around, so I guess yeah. you could, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I know. I, I, I've got to say as well, um, 
you you mentioned at the beginning about this underground of, of small soldiers fans. I can't find this underground right on. So eBay has all the old kind of merch on there, but the the, the old small soldiers merch. And I used to own a lot of these figures. They're they're mainly kind of like one twelfth scale, uh, kind of six inch, um, you know, versions of the characters. I think there are some 12-inch versions of Chip Hazard and Archer, um, but the quality is not great, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. you know, the, the stuff goes for probably more, well, a lot more than it did in a day, but we're still not talking, you know, I, I mean, what, everything's kind of under 100-odd quid. So the merchandise is out there um, in terms of that stuff, but I don't want that stuff. I want the actual figures from the film. I want to have like a, a nice big, you know, 15 inch slam fist in my hand. And they've never gone into that. And um, you say people are making them and stuff. I, Etsy, I can't find any on Etsy. Um, so it really is an underground if people are making these. Now, there is one like replica prop, you know, real, you know, as if it's come from the film on eBay in Japan. Guess how much? Oh, Five hundred pounds. It's about two grand. Fuck off! Really? A two over two thousand pounds. Yeah, and it it looks stunning. It's like um you know like a statue type replica thing. But um I just think you know the company Hot Toys. Yes. Uh, sideshow collectibles. Mm. They are missing a trick. I'm telling you, man. If they did a full small soldiers range, I think it would sell. Yeah, you sell it at Hot Toys rates, which is anything between kind of 200 to 400 pounds. People would buy that. Like, I, I mean, I would, I'd be straight on that. I really even, would like. Even like quality, like, like really, real good quality six inch figures that a lot of companies do, like um, Japan and, like you say, Shot Sideshow, Hasbro to a, to a lesser extent, like proper quality ones. NECA, NECA do NECA, yeah. six NECA, inch. Yeah. 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 yeah, like that. Those companies, like I, I, I don't know why the license hasn't been sold in that way. Because, um, no. because it make like even if you don't, even if you're not a fan of the film, I, I think the designs are good. I think the characters look cool. I think, you know, they look great. The Gorgonites and the, the small soldiers themselves, the the Commando Elite, they all the designs are. Like you said, Stan Winston um, designed them. The Stan Winston studio designed them. And, you know, they've designed Predator and Iron Man, all those movies. Um, you know, they're, they're not going to do a shit quality version of that. You know, if they can get a mold or, you know, a design or, you know, the computer layout of it, why not? Like, you know, because, I, I, you know, even I would potentially, like, think about it. Because Mate, you would splash out on an Insaniac. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Spinning, spinning action. You better have like three sixty rotating waist, or I'm not buying it. it. Has to have. I would literally clear my display cabinet. What is in there at the moment? Everything would get relegated if they did this range. Yeah, it's, you I, can I, dream. You can dream. I'm I'm quite surprised you brought this to me because I know how much of a fan you are of of Toy Story. But then I thought about it, and then I went. No, but actually, he also loves the child's play movies as well. So this is kind of like <laughs> this is kind of like the middle ground. This is somewhere between the two franchises that this is the the marriage of the two, so to speak. Um, and I think it does come down to, you know, it, it's interesting you say that, you know, and and I step back and I go, oh gosh, yeah, I actually like 
a lot of films that are about toys coming to life and or and I think that's because as a kid ultimately you know that was my that was my kind of get out you know it was toys and and um you know I'm not that bright academically I've come to terms with it guys don't worry um me and, too, uh, me too. <laughs> and and you know uh looking back at the old teachers reports and things it was always like Ben is very creative Ben has an amazing imagination and things like that and you know for me that was playing with toys was was a way to kind of create stories and it, it, who knows it might have been the beginning of my storytelling tendencies you know w- was doing that and yeah as I've got older it's kind of manifested in a in a love for these films that are about characters coming to life and a, and a story uh you know coming to fruition around that so yeah yeah it's um this really has been a great therapy session, Dan. <laughs> well, it's it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, I, I so for me, I think I would have liked a little bit more focus on like for me, I'm a, I'm a big Transformers fan. Like I I really love the Transformers. You know, I liked it as a kid. You know, I liked Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well. Um, but like with the with the film, I'm not a fan of the Transformers movies apart from the classic original animated movie. I am not really a big fan of the the Michael Bay stuff. I thought Bumblebee where was they re- killed Optimus Prime. That's the one. That's the the controversial controversial. Well, I mean, he still killed him in the Michael Bay movies and in the comics. So yeah, but uh, you cared less. Let's be honest. Yeah, true, true. He didn't turn grey, did he? He didn't go like take the. Everyone matrix. should turn grey when they die, just to make it clear. In, yeah, instantly. I don't, yeah, just just so I know, I can be like, don't touch them. <laughs> As they're dead now, um, it'd be a lot easier as an indicator. To go okay, but then I'll be grey, and people will be like, "What?" But you're still walking. I'll be like, "Yeah, but I'm dead inside." <laughs> um, just a, just around the the centre, my soul is dying. My I'm, I'm brain dead. I'm technically brain dead. Um, but I, I kind of felt like I wanted a bit more time. We spent a lot of time with Kirsten Dunst, which, who I don't think is bad. Like you said, I think she's quite good in this, even though she's not given a lot. Um, and I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, really like watching it back now uh, as an adult. I, I just, I just don't like Alan. I just can't get behind Alan. You know, I'd, I'd rather the film have been about Dick Miller. You know, I love, I love Dick Miller. I think he's great. And again, he's a, he's a big, he's another, you know, Joe Dante checkoff list. You know, he is, yeah. he's there. Um, I love him and everything. I watched the documentary about his life and his career after he after he died. His amazing career he's had, a career of just like bit parts. You know, he's in Terminator, Gremlins. You know, all the kind of core. I'd be so cool with that though, because you 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 go to set for like two days, two three days, and then you're in that film. You are IMBD'd as being in that film, and that film goes down in absolute history. Like I would be absolutely fine with having his career just being that guy i mean the documentary is called i do recommend the documentary the documentary is called that guy dick miller because you always see him in films in a small role and then he he, you know he disappears but again like you said like i I, i've always a lot of people have you know talk about the big name actors like al pacino and robert de niro i've never really looked at them like i i I like the performances and, and in certain films i've never been like they're the god's gift to acting like for me it's always been the slightly underappreciated actors like uh Dennis Hopper or Lance Henriksen or Robert Englund or um you know those kind of mid-range kind of character actors I've always kind of drawn to them like I always thought you know if I if I make it big and I get in one at least one proper cult film 
like that I could just go to conventions for the rest of my life like I could just do that you know yeah keep, keep getting the odd part but but also Storm like, number three yeah but I also never really wanted to be the when I was acting I was never really wanted to be the the lead part because I always find them the most dull um yeah. and and it's it, it and it is it's it kind of obviously it takes that that's an important character and takes the story forward but I never found them that interesting because their past and their future is kind of laid out you know if I'm if I'm the 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 quirky man in the market in Aladdin or something like that like I can make up the backstory I can make up the the future story you know I can have yeah. add all the add, these, add all these quirky elements I always like the uh, bit parts and that's usually what I was cast as it was usually like a mentor or a bloody smack addict <laughs> drug dealer um, villain you know all those kind of roles I always really enjoy and those are the ones I, I tended to be cast in um, you know but I, I did often get like the odd I'd of every so often kind of break out but like like I said, those those for me are the best ones. Those are the best kind of actors, the best performances, and the best kind of characters. But yeah, I could never get into to Abernathy. But um, anyway, I I would prefer if we spent a little bit more time with the soldiers and with the parents because within those parents, you've got Phil Hartman, you know, God rest his soul, who uh, died not long after uh, this was filmed. I think sadly he was, uh, I believe he was shot. Um, um but Gosh, yeah really yeah i think i think i think he was shot um and and you'll recognize his voice obviously is troy mcclure um i was gonna say, yeah yeah i mean it's you can't yeah. not can you um speaking speaking of simpsons as well um yes I, we forgot to mention who the gorgonites were voiced by which is we have obviously we had the the cast of the dirty dozen but for the gorgonites we've got the cast of spinal tap um so you've got harry shearer in there you know um and michael mckean and the other guy i can't remember his name um but yeah, they're they're voicing all the kind of different characters. You've got Slamfist and all the other ones. They're all kind of voiced voiced by those actors. So again, I think that again brings more love to me. Like you said, the more you know, the kind of better this film becomes in a way. And like the kind of back the- just little things like Mars, the you know the the main villain being called Mars or whatever. Like hmm. Mars is the uh, god of war. Do you know what I mean? So it's like everything, even though this film had a lot of um, contradictions, shall we say, yeah, or, yeah. or conflicts of, of interest um, from different parties, everything was thought about, you know, and and it's almost like these are kind of like Easter eggs that before they were even, before mm. Easter eggs were even a thing, this film has the Easter eggs. Um, and, you know, the... Yeah, like the Gremlin skull and and toy and stuff in the trash. I, I'm pretty sure films back in the '90s didn't really ever do that, you know. So it, it is ahead of its time, I think, in in a lot of ways. And you know, I think I don't know why I brought it to the table. Nostalgia, maybe um, the 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 biggest part. But I think rewatching it because I rewatched it literally yesterday for this and. I, I enjoyed it. I had a great time and I still love this film and that love has not gone away. And I, I genuinely cannot wait, um, you know, to show it to my little girl when she's old enough and stuff. Um, and uh, I'll probably show her at like nine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, because that was the age I watched it and I turned out all right. 
Um, but again, I think, you know, I, I, I think that there's a lot of strong messaging in there, you know, the, 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 the anti-Barbie thing is, yeah, is great. And, um, you know, I mean, I, we, this will be a household as controversial as this may be to some people, but I, you know, I am against, uh, a, a huge amount of elements of war. I'm, I'm being sort of careful with the way I phrase it, but, um, you know, I'm, I, I am. So, you know, the, the element of the film that kind of points not yeah it does point fun really yeah. at that that yeah, kind does. of culture of war for the sake of war um so uh I, I definitely think in this household it will be up there um with you know the the 20 kids films that i kind of uh force upon my kid um yeah it would just be well, you can you can, you can also rubbish you can alternate. You can alternate with Grace, maybe, and you can, you know, one for her, one for you, one for her, one for you. Grace doesn't have any. Like Grace, my wife has uh, one film that is close to her heart, hmm. and there, in, in a million years, you'll never guess it, Dan. So I'm just going to tell you. Go on. The House Bunny with Anna Faris. So the the one where she's like a Playboy bunny and she goes yeah. she goes to yeah. college. It's so weird. Like she has one film that is like really like she. Like, if you said to her, what's your favourite film? The House Bunny. Like, I don't get it. I, I, I still don't. I'm married to her, and I don't get that decision. But that is so, yeah. But then, no, but don't then, worry. I'll be providing the education. And- <laughs> probably for the best. Probably for the best. Probably for the best. Maybe. maybe. I think you probably need to be a, definitely a certain age to appreciate The House Bunny, I think. I, I've not seen it myself, but I, I, I've got the gist of the, the humour. But again, that's kind of like has a similar message to the kind of Gwendy's and the anti-Barbie. Yeah, and it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does, to be fair. It's very... Yeah, I had to sit through it on... It was her birthday, so... Had, that was the one had day to sit that, through it. <laughs> um, that was the one day, and uh, yeah, it is very the messaging of it is very kind of anti that and just be who you want to be, sort of thing. And yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, it's it's yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't think I think you've defended the film very well while also appreciating the flaws in the film. I, I did enjoy it. I don't think I enjoyed it quite as much as as you have uh, rewatching yeah. it. I don't think it's it's. I, I I think I remember it more fondly than than I than I watched it when I watched it. Um, again, it's kind of it's a little bit of a mixed bag, but I still I did enjoy it. Like on the most on the on the the more on the scale of enjoyment, it was it was it was leaning more towards that I was I was enjoying it definitely. Um, but I could I could see. You know, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of the kind of throwaway lines I was laughing at, like really stupid stuff, and the the kind of rah rah stuff was quite funny. Um, and then then the Gorgonites being a bit like, "Oh, I hope we don't hit an iceberg," you know, all that sort of stuff. That is the last line of the film, literally. That is the last line of the film. Um, Great. They did they did hit an iceberg. It was called the box office. Uh- <laughs> wow! How dare you! <laughs> I like yeah. the bit where I like the bit where they, uh, you know, he's looking out the window or whatever, and it's like, uh, you know, what what's outside the window, and it's like, oh, it's a, you know, the garden, and then, yeah. <laughs> and they all like slowly go for it, and then, yeah, it's, and, it's, and what after? It reminded that bit reminded me. Have you seen Have you seen the Mighty Boosh? 
I, I've seen bits of it. I've never, yeah. never massively got There's it. A, it reminded me of a bit in, uh, I think it's episode two called The Mutants, and they meet these group of like kind of Frankenstein monster mutants. And it was like, mm. it was like, um, you, you know, you've got to be free. You've got to be free. What is freedom? And it's like, it's out there in the wild. You've got to get it. You've, you can do things. It can, you know, it's like, will there be bacon? <laughs> Yeah, yes, there'll be bacon, but it's more about being free and doing what you want and not being trapped in a cage. I like bacon. <laughs> it just reminds me. It's that. AI, but ultimately the Gorgonites aren't that bright. Like, um, well, they're, so you're kind arguably, of like, well, what is that chip doing? I mean, arguably, they're fairly cowardly. Almost up until the end, they're like, we well, no, they are. Like, yeah, that's literally that. That's what they say. Their their rule is to hide and lose. Hide. They are built to hide and lose. Um, Programmed, yeah, which, to hide and lose, yeah, and 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 even at the end, they've they basically survived because they hid in that satellite dish that protected them from yeah. the wave that you know. I love, out I, there. I love how shocked they are. They were like, "We won, we won!" <laughs> you know, just so, <laughs> so bizarre. So the question is, Dan, do we get a sequel? Because they obviously ride off into the sunset on that. Which can I just say is a beautiful mm. shot in the lake yeah. in the wooden toy boat that you know is obviously a throwback to um alan's kind of relationship with his father and how his mm. father likes the older toys yeah. and you've got them all in there and all physical puppets and it just and and yeah we're gonna hit an iceberg i just think it's a great end to the film but the question is where did they go from then well did they end up find, in find gorgon garden? do you think <laughs> uh, I, i'm gonna go with no, <laughs> no. <laughs> to be honest, okay. I, I just i think they're probably just lived out in the wild until their batteries ran down, probably. <laughs> if they had batteries. That's so depressing. What's wrong um, with you? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I mean, it was meant to be a darker film, so maybe it was meant to have a slightly darker ending. Who knows? Uh, I should probably watch some deleted scenes and see what kind of, what stuff they kind of excised from the film. And that'd be interesting to see. Um, yeah. I do. I, do I, I just think, I just think, you know what? Like a lot of, you know, 90s family movies or, or films that I've grown up with and, and hold, um, you know, really powerful nostalgia for me, like Small Soldiers, I think they have flaws and they're not yeah. perfect. And we could sit here and all day long. I mean, one of my other potential options for this, Dan, was Space Jam. Um, Ooh, okay. And, and you know, Christ, the amount of flaws with that. Um, but... It, it still kind of holds that that uh, nostalgia mm. for me, and I, I I guess it is you know I am maybe cursed with the uh, member berries. Um, <laughs> member, <laughs> member small soldiers, member chip hazards. <laughs> yeah, I I maybe I am uh, you know um, uh, uh, result of that, but um, I'm okay with that, you know. Yeah. Because it's 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 great fun and and it's kind of harmless as well. Like there, yeah. whilst it didn't you know go dark or, or whatever, because of that, it is harmless. Like you watch it back and there's no real things that make you wince. And in some no. older yeah. you know yeah. family films, there are lines or, or moments that make you wince, and mm. and there's none of that in it. In no, it. so it is yeah. something that you can sit a ten year old down to watch. Um, I, yeah, I agree. There's nothing. It's not like it's not like when you watch Bill and Ted and they they bring out the the homophobic f word 
randomly. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like it's not like it's it's yeah, it's not. There's nothing that's aged that poorly. And I and I've I watch a lot of stuff that has aged very poorly, a- apart from the '90s curtains hairdo, which I never could pull off. Um, I, I never had long enough hair. You can't pull off hair, mate. I, I, I know. Look at it. Look at it. It's just yeah. It, well. You can't, you can't bloody talk. You're the same. You're exactly <laughs> this is a same. choice, damn it. This is a choice. This is a choice. This is a choice. Leave me alone. Um, but no, I agree. Like it, it's, it's, it is quintessentially nineties, but it's not nineties in a bad way. Like it's not, you know, there's, there's nothing that's I've gone. All oh, this is horrible, or the message is, you know, it's lame, or it's, you know, it's it, this couldn't, this never could happen, you know, that sort of thing, or this would not happen nowadays. Yeah, there's not, there's not that much. Um, it points fun in itself at the end as well. You know, I, I mentioned earlier about how Joe Dante's films um, often are, are kind of big events that don't really have any consequence, you know. And it kind of points fun at that at the end because, uh, you know, Mars comes up to them and basically offers them a check, you know, to 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 keep their mouth shut about what happened. <laughs> and, you know, they accept it and, and they accept it, you know, in, in kind of comedic fashion and... I, I like that because there's so many films out there where you and and Men in Black's the only one that like they have a plot device to yeah be that do you know what I mean the neuralizer means that you, you know but there's so many films out there where you're like I mean this would have got out or you know something there would have been consequences so I I I was gonna, I was going to bring up that scene I really I really enjoy anything to be honest the two scenes that Denny Dennis Leary in. Are great. I like Den. I enjoy Dennis Leary. A lot of people probably won't, but I, I quite enjoy his weird, weird, mad rants and stuff. Um, and uh, and him. Oh, he's vile in this as well. He's oh yeah, he's all brilliantly vile. He's, he's, he's the villain of the piece, but he's an entertaining kind of corporate villain. Um, and I love that. <laughs> I, I realize you know, we realize obviously that he's called Mars, but his his secretary is called Miss Kegel. Oh yeah! Wow, kind of, that uh, went over my head. But yeah, yeah, she's called Miss Keegle. Thanks Kegels. for painting the picture. I, I, you know, I, I think that's probably an in joke. Um, come on, that's to, weird. Yeah, I, I was unless that's like they just surely that's planned. Surely someone wouldn't call someone Miss Keegle without knowing what a Keegle is. You know what? Because that's kind of the uh, what was it? Pelvic floor exercise. I think is probably the better term for it. Um, but yeah, that just that came out of nowhere, and I was like, okay. Sure. And then we are thinking this film was progressive. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe not that bit. But I did, yeah, I did enjoy the kind of idea of Dennis Leary just they're going, well, oh, I've got a bad back and, you know, this traumatic. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Thank you. I'll move that truck, you know, because it's like it's got the big global, yeah. Globotech logo on it. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if... I just prefer all the other characters apart from the main character. I think that's the problem. I think if, like you said, if we were dealing with David Cross as the programmer and we followed his story, maybe more so, or a bit more kind of half and half, um, then maybe we could, you know, or like you said, he steals a toy, something like that. I'm going to list you some of my favourite films. Okay. Where I don't like the lead. Okay. Um, Or or I don't like the young boy, you know, that I was, was put there to relate to. Hocus mm. Pocus. Don't like that kid. Fair enough. Um, what? <laughs> <stumped out. laughs> um, what, what, a, what a list. What a, what a massive yeah. list. <laughs> Jumanji. Yeah. The, the monkey boy annoys me. Didn't like, you know, I never felt uh, another Kirsten Dunst uh, kind mm. of thing. Um, I, I can't think, but there's loads. Okay. 
You put me on sure. the spot. I'm so you trying put to your, defend mate, you on the spot. Mate you, put, mate, you put yourself on the spot. You're like, I've got a list. And I was like, okay, let's hear it out. And then you're like, no, uh, my, uh, uh, don't my, have a list. My, my bark is often bigger than my bite. Um, yes. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's fair. Um, yeah, I think, I, think you've, um, I think you've successfully kind of defended the film. Um, you know, I'm, I, 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 you know, a lot of people won't agree with you. And, and, and I know I, I partially do. I'm still. That's fine. I mean, they're just wrong, you know. You know. Yeah, of course, that's fine. And that's that's the you know some some of them will feel like me that it's you know a, a, a bit of a mixed bag, but it but it is an enjoyable mixed bag. I, you know what? I'll say this about the film that it is a much like the character in the film Frankenstein. It is very much a patchwork man of of ideas and different tones. However, still a very enjoyable monster. I think is is the best way I could put it. Like it's 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 fun. It's you know, is it a kids' film? Is it is it a teens' film? Who knows? But I know that I, I really enjoyed revisiting this. Um, um, even even that daring moped chase uh, in the film. Um, she and again, this is another weird cursing dunce line. She goes, "Right, I'm going to go get the bike," and I'm like, it's "Not a bike. That's a, that's a moped. It's clearly a moped. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it, it's not a bike. It's not a moped." What's bike. weirder is that their little devices kept up with the moped. Like it's like the the useless. Yeah, what the moped or the things? I, well, know. I mean, I mean, it makes that the moped makes that impressive leap that looks absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's like, like it, it sort of goes high and then suddenly in the next shot is like on a kind of straight angle. Yeah, it's kind of slightly yeah. lowering itself down very slowly. Yeah, just I was just like Work, editing theme. <laughs> like I believe the toys came to life. But I didn't believe that jump at all. <laughs> and then they and then right. they make and then they make a joke like, "Oh, we'll drive next time." And like she's like, "Hey, you sexist prick!" Like <laughs> I just saved. But us. we can, you know, we can both agree on one thing, Dan, and that is that you know, two men in their early thirties need high-end collectibles of the nineteen ninety-eight classic Small Soldiers. Yes, I, I make agree. it happen, Hot Toys. Hot toys, all the all the toys companies. If you if you're listening, I doubt you are, but who knows? Who knows who could be listening? Um, but yeah, well, that's something we'd like to see. So, I, and I think there's a lot of fans out there who are building them and making them. There's a there's a lot of YouTube videos I found, kind of from fans about small soldiers um, uh, and things. So it, it was nice to do a lot, that kind of research and kind of hear the kind of the love because there is a there is a passion and and. It's not necessarily a franchise, but it's definitely a. It was a big deal at the time, and it was a huge kind of because I went to see it. I went to see it, you know. I think it was due to be, you know, there there was a Game Boy game, there was PlayStation games, you know. As I said, I think the intention was for this to not be cult, uh, shall I say? And over the years, it's it's gone into that cult status. Apparently, they were planning a remake, um, but I think Disney now potentially own some of the trademarking for it and they shut that down um in 2018 really so okay um yeah go on here's an idea so they've just announced disney have just announced they are doing a animated uh buzz lightyear show but it's not about the toy it's not about the toy it's about the person buzz lightyear now would you like a show 
about how excited am I on a scale to, of one to ten for that? Can you imagine? I, I can I can not even imagine your exci- <laughs> level of excitement. But my question is: Yes, would you like a similar show, but featuring the Commando Elite and the Gorgonites? Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I was just trying to kind of question it in my head, like, do do I need that? But I guess it's the same as a Buzz Lightyear thing, right? The thing is with, like, Toy Story and stuff, like, so much of the story and so much of the charm and, and humour and everything is the situation. And the situation is that they are toys that have come to life. The only, you know, the thing with the Small Soldiers film is that not at one point do they address that they're toys mm. whereas in toy story they know that they're toys and they you know play dead and things like that whereas in this film it's like they they never at one point say oh we're we're, we're toys do you know what i mean so mm. in a way uh, uh an action you know cinematic uh gorgonites versus commando elite would kind of be very similar to small soldiers anyway because yeah the way the characters are interacting and stuff but i guess it's hard isn't it because the fun of these films is humans and hmm. you know the the environment the that they're interacting with um but yeah i guess Buzz Lightyear is going to be a big thing to kind of see how they explore that really hmm. i i i mean we're going off tangent here kind of still toys yeah. um but Buzz Lightyear had a, a cartoon called Buzz Lightyear and Star Command back in the day oh yeah and it it was great um, so I am really hoping that they re- reprise some of his supporting cast from that because they had like I can't remember the names, but there was this um, you know female colleague. There was like a, a big dude. There was some like weird thing with like a floating head, and I'd love all of that. And I think Chris Evans is going to do an amazing job. And it just just that one shot they've released looks stunning. So I'm 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 here for that. Amazing, amazing. Well, I think. We should call it a day. It's time to sign off uh, or get some R&R, as, a, as the small soldiers would say. Uh, <laughs> great line. The mission, the, mission great is, lines. the mission is accomplished. You know, you've, I, think you've, I think you've successfully defended the film. Again, I don't think I like it as much as you, but I think you've done a very good job, sir. So I'd, I'd like to uh, congratulate you and, uh, and debrief. Well, don't worry. I'm programmed to, to lose. So it's fine. <laughs> I, well, I'm also programmed to be a loser, so don't worry about it. We're we're in good company, and and it's nice. It's nice hearing about you know your your childhood because it it you know it sounds very similar to mine and, and what I've, I I've gone through and experienced. You know, you know, having a single mom, seeing your dad at the weekends, you know, um, bullied at school. So it's always it's always nice to kind of touch touch base with someone who's had you know, similar experiences and it has similar tastes as well. Um, so I, I Come do. from the same thread, brother. Oh, you know it, you know it. Um, so uh, we're going to go, we're going to go find our own Gorgon. Um, we're going to head off into the sunset, into this wonderful new year, 2021. Um, so I'm hoping some good things will happen, <laughs> please. Some, any at all would anything, be nice. Anything, anything would be, be good to, to to cheer us up. And yeah, so but I'm I've I've got all my digits crossed that this is going to be a, a killer New Year. So I hope everyone is going to have a killer New Year. Um, so right. Um, so Ben, you yes. are, are a famous YouTuber. So uh, where can people find you on the YouTubes? Well, I'm I'm taking some time out at the moment from the YouTube. Um, 
I think I've just listed my channel as a YouTube channel right now. Um, mm -hmm. But you can search Ben Crampton on YouTube and I think it will come up with all kinds of tomfoolery. But I'm very active on Instagram um, and that's uh, at Attention Seeking Geek. Um, and I post daily um, comic books, just showing you the bits of paper I have um, and uh, various kind of Photoshop tributes to all kinds of uh, obscure comic book characters and movie characters and things like that. It's just, generally speaking, a good place for a geek to hang out. So please do uh, check that out. I do recommend, I do like looking at Ben's collectibles and his photo edits of uh, various characters you like to cosplay as. I think they're amazing. I think they're really, really good. Um, and I, I love, again, man of good taste, good comics, um, good good YouTube videos. Again, I know you're not doing anything new in, at, the t at this time at the moment, but there is a good large back catalogue that even I am not through yet. I need to crack on with it because i'm i'm quite far behind so well my yeah. ego comes in waves so i'm sure i'll be uh, putting out some new stuff soon good good because you have it you do have a massive ego so so I, and i like to stroke it i like to stroke it like like uh, a lovely kitten a lovely nice kitten or lick uh, it like a cat licks archer <laughs> like i'm gonna lick your ego like a Catlicks of Gorgonite, which sounded dirtier than I thought. Anyway, so <laughs> talking about myself, because I like to do that. So you can find me at Facebook, it's at Secret Balls. Uh, Twitter, it's at Dan underscore Balls. Instagram, it's Spider Dan Secret Balls. And the podcast is available on all good podcast apps, such as Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and many, many more. And if you'd like to donate towards the podcast, you can buy me a coffee at ko-com. Sorry, ko. I can't even say the website. ko-fi.com forward slash Spider Dan and the Secret Balls. And when you interact with us, don't forget to use the hashtag Prepare for Prattle, and we have prattled on long enough um join the battalion uh my and um, my and ben's battalion today uh soldier on soldier through 2021 no matter what happens but i i think it's going to be good i've got a good feeling so thank you Show again. no mercy to 2021 absolutely come at it with all guns blazing uh and don't fall down the uh the trash chute trash compactor don't get shredded or torn in half by bicycles <laughs> All the all the all the various injuries. Um, don't don't get you know lit on fire. All those good things. But yeah, look after yourselves. Be good to everyone and extend that Christmas feeling all year round. Uh, but you know that New Year feeling all year round. Anyway, I'm going. Goodbye. Goodbye, Ben. Goodbye, Dan. Bye.